Okay, so we know that uh, in Jewish law, protecting life and avoiding danger is an obligation, that we have to do all we can to avoid dangerous situations and to keep ourselves safe. Now, the question is, where do we get that from? Well, we get that from uh, the Torah itself that tells us that if you build a house and the house has a roof that is accessible, you have an obligation to create a fence around the roof. Why? In order to prevent somebody falling, says the Torah. We don't say that, uh, you know, God will protect you and you'll be fine. If you've got a dangerous ledge on the top of your house, so then you have to create a fence to stop people from falling. Meaning, if you don't create the fence, people will fall and that's dangerous. You've caused that danger to yourself and to others. You're not allowed to do things that are irresponsible and dangerous. It, uh, the Torah says, You should guard your souls very well, which our sages explain as meaning. You have to look after your health and do things that are safe and, and, in, and avoid danger. So the question is, to what extent do we say that? Because there's, there's no limit to uh, taking precautions. Well, waking up in the morning, getting, getting out of bed, walking across the road, all of these things are taking some type of risk. And so if we're supposed to guard our lives, to what extent is that? What are you allowed to do that uh, is not considered endangering your your life? I mean, even staying in bed all day is endangering your life. You can get a a bad back and bed sores and other other problems. So to what extent, where, where do we draw the line and say that something is considered dangerous and therefore prohibited? And where do we say that uh, this is a danger that has a risk that is reasonable and you're allowed to take such a risk? At at what point do we say that? And this question is relevant in the discussion on the vaccine because just like the disease has a danger, the vaccine also has a danger. And people are are, are warning of terrible dangers that that, that, uh, are far greater than we even maybe are aware of the vaccine. And so the question is, Are we allowed to take that danger or not? In this case, taking one danger in order to avoid another danger, but to what extent? How great are we allowed to risk ourselves? And then we generally applying this this principle of avoiding danger to everyday life. Uh, uh, Are you allowed to cross the road? Can you cross the road where there's no crossing or only where there's a crossing? Uh, Can you drive on a highway uh, fast? Are you allowed to do such a thing? Uh, is, Is that not endangering yourself. What about uh, air travel? Flying in an airplane is also dangerous. What about jumping off an airplane with a parachute and skydiving? There's danger there as well. Uh, some would say bigger danger. Uh, what about a racing car driver? Can, 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 you, can you be a racing car driver and a religious Jew who observes Torah? Is that permissible? All of these questions uh, are the same. How much danger are you allowed to put yourself in? Uh, what about the running of the bulls in Spain? Can you can you participate in that? Where they, where they let let these starving bulls out running, and you have to just run away from them? Uh, if that's your thrill, is that permissible? Can you put yourself in such a da- position of danger? Where's the line that we draw between uh, living and 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 in danger uh, and uh, uh, protecting our our safety? So. For this, there's a fascinating principle that comes out of several Talmudic discussions uh, in, in exactly how we draw this line, and it's a fascinating idea. It basically is that certain activities that are dangerous but are commonly done 
become acceptable. The, the examples are the following. One, one example is there's a, a Talmudic discussion in um, Tractate of Edezara that says, it talks about various dangers of snake venom. Snakes in, in certain areas are very common, and the venom, the poisonous venom of a snake is obviously extremely dangerous. Not only could the snake bite a person, but the snake may eat a food or, or uh, exert their venom somewhere and endanger a person. And there's various places where the Talmud discusses this, the danger of venom. In one, in one, in one section in Avodah Zarah, the Talmud says that there are certain foods you should avoid in case a snake may have poisoned the food. But one example that says you're allowed to is eating grapes or figs at night is, is permissible. Uh, even though other, in other circumstances, you would think there'd be a, a risk of if you find a, a date outside at night, you don't see it. You don't, you don't see has it been uh, injected with poison or not. But nevertheless, the Talmud says you can eat grapes and figs at night because the Talmud says the Lord guards the simple. It quotes from the book of Tehillim, Shomer Pesayim Hashem, Hashem guards the simple, foolish, the foolish people, Hashem guards. People do this all the time. They eat the grapes and, and the figs at night because they do it all the time. We can do it all the time. We don't have to worry about the danger. It, the, this principle is spelt out a bit clearer in the case of a bris. Doing a circumcision uh, is a mitzvah on the eighth day. And however, the Talmud in Yevamis says that there is a danger in doing the circumcision on certain days. Specifically, it says that if the day is cloudy, if it's a cloudy day or the south wind is blowing, on a, day, a cloudy day or a day where the south wind is blowing, it's a bit more dangerous to do a bris and, uh, or, or other surgeries as well. Any, anything, any bloodletting on that day is not a good, a good idea. However, the Talmud says, these days, the Gemara says 1500 or so years ago, since many people trample on this idea, doshu barabim, meaning people just walk over the concern, they, they ignore the concern and they do it anyway, therefore, Hashem guards the foolish. And therefore you can do it. It's not a problem. Do not worry if, if your son's bris is on a cloudy day, or on a day where there is no south, there is a south wind blowing, don't worry about it. Or if you have a scheduled operation on a cloudy day, don't worry about it. Even though there was a concern about this, that for whatever reason, those days are not good for healing and they could, it could pose some type of danger. However, these days, people ignore that. And because they ignore it, God guards the foolish and you can go ahead and, and, and do it. This principle... It's brought several other places in the Talmud, but the, the halachic deciders have utilized this principle to say that there are certain activities that may have a danger to them. But if the public ignores that danger, if it becomes normal behavior, and this is something that everyone does, so then the danger is ignored. We are the foolish people ignoring that danger, and God protects the foolish, and life can go on. You can continue to do it. Uh, controversially, this uh, principle was used, oh, it's controversial today, um, the Igris Moshe, Moshe Feinstein, in probably the 1960s or, 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 or 50s, he applied this principle to smoking. Uh, and he, he said that even though one should not take up smoking, then there was already understood that there was a danger to it. 
But he said in those times, but because many, many do it, people have overlooked the danger and therefore God guards the, the foolish. And therefore, it doesn't say that it's, you can take up smoking, but he, he says that to say that you have to quit smoking uh, because it, it's halakhically forbidden, that, that you can't say because people overlook the danger and because so many people do it, therefore God protects the, the foolish. Uh, others vehemently disagree with that, I, 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 should, I should say, and certainly as the, as the dangers became clearer uh, of, of smoking. However, it was used for, for such a thing. But definitely, this principle is used in, in our doing things in our everyday life, such as air travel, that we know that there's a blessing that, that you're supposed to make after crossing an ocean, that where we, we thank God that we made it. We say that, that God has bestowed to, to those who are guilty, who we, we should be deserving of punishment. We, sh- we shouldn't have survived this, but God allowed us to survive going over the ocean. Meaning there's a certain danger in, in, in crossing an ocean and we make a blessing of thanksgiving that we made it. But we still do it. We're allowed to go over the ocean. We're allowed to go uh, and on, a, on, a, on an airplane trip or a, or a boat trip um, to cross an ocean where there's a certain amount of danger because that's what people do. This, is, this, is, this travel has accepted today, air travel, in olden times by ship, but that was the normal mode of travel and, and, and doing things. And so that was permissible. In fact, the same Igris Moshe, Moshe Feinstein, the same source, um, he discusses, well, that's, is that for all circumstances? You can tr- cross the ocean for anything. Maybe you can only cross the ocean for necessity because you need to uh, for business or, or, or for something very important. Can you go just for pleasure? Can you go in an airplane just for, just for enjoyment and pleasure? He says, yes, you can. You can. But again, because this has become commonplace, the danger is neglected completely, is ignored completely. Meaning, when I say ignored completely, of course, you take all precautions. You have to wear your seatbelt. You have to do everything you have to do. The, 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 pl- the airplane company have to do all their pr- uh, procedures as well. But we don't say, well, since, since it's dangerous, you're up in the, in the sky, you can't do it. You can do it, even for pleasure, even just for a trip. Would that then apply to skydiving? Well, again, you'd have to look, what are, what are the statistics of skydiving? How dangerous actually is it uh, with all the precautions that are taken there? How important is it to do? Maybe not so much. But if the, if the risk is negligible, so then it would be a permissible activity. Uh, the same could possibly apply, would, would apply to driving on the highway. Everyone does that. that that's a normal thing to do. Um, a racing car driver, I'm not sure. I mean, again, look at the statistics. How safe is it to be a racing car driver? How many actually die? And, uh, you know, sports, all sports have a certain amount of danger in them. Uh, it depends just how dangerous. I think the racing of the bulls maybe might be different. Uh, the death rate is pretty low of the racing of the bulls. I, I saw that 16 people have died since 1910 in, in an annual event of hundreds and hundreds of people. Only 16 people have actually died. Um, many more, many more have been injured, some seriously. Um, what exactly the point of it is, it's just a thrill, I guess, No, not so different to jumping out of a, an airplane. Um, however, the principle of that God uh, protects the foolish only applies where the danger is not an immediate danger now, but it's a potential danger that could come. Meaning, not that the, the activity you're doing is innately dangerous, but just that there is a certain risk to it. So, in the examples that we gave, it's not that if you have a bris on a, cold, on a, on a cloudy day, it's definitely going to go bad. 
It's just that it's not the best circumstances. There's a certain possibility that something will happen. There's no risk right there in front of you in such a case. Um, or so too, when you're driving on the highway, innately driving on the highway is, is itself a safe activity. The problem is that people sometimes drive badly, accidents happen, but there's not an immediate danger of just getting in the car and driving. However, going on the roads of Spain and running when there, is, there are hungry bulls running after you, that's, that is the danger. The danger is there immediately. And so therefore, that would be different. You're not doing an activity that could be fine, but there might be a possible danger that comes out of it. You're doing something that is innately dangerous. And, and therefore, therefore, running the bulls, I don't see how, how you could apply our principle there. Whereas other normal activities such as travel where there is a potential possible danger that could arise, there we would say, well, if this is the normal thing, this is what people do, so then it's okay, it's permissible. So with the vaccine then? So then applying this to the vaccine, what, 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 what would, you, would we say? So apart from the, the let's, say, let's say the danger is much higher than people think. We said last week about a, a danger one in a thousand. We say, well, if that is to avoid a greater danger later on, we would take that, that danger. Let's say the danger is even more than that. However, fascinatingly, the fact that millions of people are doing it already gives it a certain level of normalcy. And, and the, now, again, if no, millions of people were, were doing it and millions of people or hundreds of thousands of people were dying from it, then there's a, there's a present danger there. But if millions of people are doing it, there are some side effects and some, and, and some, some negative uh, outcomes, even deaths from it, but it's way less than one in a thousand, extremely much less than that. And it's, but it's, the, it's become the norm to do such a thing, that, that this is what people are doing. So then this principle would apply. And the halakhic authorities today are utilizing this as, as, a, as a, an argument for vaccination, that even if there is some type of, uh, some danger. And even if the danger is greater than we know, like many people are warning us that it's much worse than, than, than you think. But if the majority of people are ignoring that and, and going ahead with it, if this becomes the normal thing to do, so then God he, uh, protects the foolish. We are the, we're the fools who don't know, don't know all this. Uh, let's say we are the fools. If, 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 if that's arguable. But, but um, then it becomes a permissible thing. And remember, here we're not doing we're not doing running the bulls just for fun or jumping out of an aeroplane. People aren't taking a vaccination in order to just have have fun. Uh, it's not even for convenience. It's to protect from a danger, from a, a, a definite and clear danger. So therefore, the halachic authorities are, are utilizing this principle of what's called doshu barabim that the majority have, are overlooking the, the the potential danger because of the benefit that they get out of this. Overlooking here doesn't mean ignoring, but it means because we're doing it anyway. So therefore, God will, 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 will protect because that is what the majority of people are doing. And, um, and so, so, yeah, so this, this is, is used as, a, as an, uh, an argument for vaccination from the halakhic perspective. Rolf, can I ask one quick one? Sure. 